Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today I get the pleasure of chatting with one of probably my best friends, uh, Shelly Shepard. And uh, to be honest, it is Thursday night before this podcast releases at 10.40 p.m. Pacific time. And we decided, I actually recorded another podcast that I'll release at some other time about when it's time to fire an employee and, and how to go about that process. Um, but we were talking about just kind of the, the state of the world right now. You know, it's January 20th, so we are in the height of Omicron and uh, arguably in what I would say is the hardest season of coaching cheerleading I've ever had, um, which I thought was last year. But I was wrong. Are you kidding, Dan? I'm having the time of my life this year. Right. And so we were talking about, you know, strategies to survive coaching all-star in 2021, 2022, and, and how to, how to make it through and not lose your, your sanity and your, your spark and love for coaching. So that was that was the topic we were chatting about today that we should discuss. So here we are. It's 10.40 uh, p.m. Pacific time, which Shelly and I luckily share the same time zone. Um, and we're just going to go for it. We have not planned this. We're, you're going to hear our honest feelings, thoughts, experiences, kind of where we're at right now, um, and some of the things we're doing to get through the situation we're in. Yeah, for sure. So we were just chatting a little bit as we jumped on here and we said, what the heck? We should start recording right. about the night. Just, okay, so if you haven't been in the chaos of it, which I'm sure the whole world is, right? We competed last weekend um, and we had 11 teams take the floor and I had two that had their actual team. The worst one, we had eight kids missing two of which oh, we found yeah. out the morning of. So we were literally teaching at a competition where there was no like extra space, right? We didn't have a team room. It was big enough to walk through things. Yep. Um, you know how venues are, right? They're not allowing multiple people in. You can't have all this space. So literally teaching two kids in warmups, a senior co-ed three routine and not a routine of, you know, 15 kids. So it's pretty easy to figure out where we're going a routine with 30 kids on the yep. floor. Yep. So holy freaking moly. And if it's not one thing, it's the other. How about you guys, Dan? Where are you at? Oh my gosh. It was, uh, so, so many things, so many things. So we competed last weekend. Um, and we, we didn't quite have as many people test positive, although we had at, at least one person per team was out and couldn't participate, um, a minimum of one person per team. And most of our teams had not had a full team practice since pre-Christmas. Um, yep. Like before we broke for Christmas break, which for us was on, I think, the 16th of December. So like my level four team, which is a medium four, 
had not had a full team practice until we actually called an extra practice on Saturday morning because it was in town. Uh, So we were at our gym for two hours. You know, I'd, I'd, unfortunately, when we got back from holiday break, I actually did have a full team. Well, an almost full team practice. I was missing one person uh, because they had their family had tested positive. And so they were quarantining um, before we changed to the five day rule and all these other things that have since changed since we just came back on January 1st. Um, And I made the mistake of being like, I hate our pyramid. I'm doing it all over again. And so I re-choreographed the entire (laughs) pyramid the first week back. And then the next week was like five kids are gone because they're quarantining. And I'm just like, okay. So we did our pyramid for the first time on Saturday morning. These are Um, like the infamous last words, right? You're like, oh, that was such a great idea. (laughs) Let's, we're going to do this. It'll be great. And then you're like, what was I thinking? Yep. And here I am having an extra practice with that team this Saturday to rework all of their formations and fix all of their transitions because... We've done so much patchwork all year long. Yep. Yep. Like, I, I mean, that that's a whole nother portion of the discussion, but like this yep. has been the year of quitters. Yep, yep. What do you think that comes from? I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Like we have a lot of kids that are, the, well, I'm sure everybody in the audience, anyone listening to this podcast, if you haven't experienced this yet, I wish that I was in your world, but I notice kids are harder to motivate yep. and they're less committed. You notice that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, to some extent, our kids who were with us pre-pandemic yeah. and then through the pandemic are are just as committed, if not more. Right, you know? I, yeah. I, I feel like for the most part, although to some extent they're not as focused, like they're they're not as invested when they're at practice. They're still committed. There's They still miss all the time or anything like that. But I think that to some extent when COVID happened, it, I mean, the world basically said what you're doing doesn't matter. It's not important. Yeah. It's not important. And no matter what we're having to now reconvince those kids that it, no, no, it is important, which to some extent, I think we all, if you've been in this for very long, you've also had those moments where you're like, this really doesn't matter. Like yeah. The, the <laughs> right. whole, it's, it, it's just cheerleading right. phrase. Yeah. Um, but like, it really came to light with the pandemic. It was, it's just yeah. cheerleading. And so yeah. I think that's part of it. And I think that people also just became more comfortable with, if Letting- I don't want- letting things go yeah just like oh it's okay everything everything i feel like that's the mentality i hear more and more oh well it's all right we we did the best we can right and trying Mm -hmm. to i think ensure or create that competitive nature in kids again and get them like feeling that because it's just gotten very i feel like i'm struggling so much with my athletes with this almost sense of mundaneness right like we were just talking about this before we jumped on here so my non-tumble team can do the best routines ever in practice and then the minute we try to film for a virtual or do it at a competition we like literally fall apart and prior to covid i feel like if a team like would drop two stunts on the floor they would be devastated right like 
oh no, we've worked so hard. What were we doing? Like, how did that happen? Like, and problem solving. And now I feel like they're just like, oh, well, maybe next time we'll be better. Right. And trying to figure out kind of how to motivate and how to move forward with the teams and to get them in that. And again, you're hundred percent right. It's not everybody, right. But it's a select group and that select group, I think, you know, so frequently, I'm sure we all see in our years of coaching, a select group of kids can really pivot a team. Mm -hmm. That small group can change the vibe or the culture of a team and trying to figure out how to work with that has been a struggle for me. I know especially in the last little bit, trying to find ways to keep our kids motivated. Yeah. For us, honestly, so it's so hard to, cause like for those of us that, those of you listening that don't know, we're a very competitive gym. We are, Mm -hmm. we are a competition focused gym and I know you guys are as well, but you know, summit bids are a thing. Last year, all of our teams went to summit, um, multiple, got paid bids. You know, it's like we historically have done very well. We had a team win NCA last year during our COVID year, you know, like we are a competitive program and, uh, you know, we went into last weekend and we were like, honestly, I mean, Tori and I, my wife were talking about this going, taking the mat is a victory. Like if we have to mark stunts, if we have to mark things like that's a being able to be out there is a win. And then we went out there and my level four team didn't hit on day one. They actually did phenomenal considering all of the things they actually hit their pyramid. Um, They did an amazing job, but they had um, some kind of fluky issues and we were in second place, which normally doesn't happen for them. Mm -hmm. And I was mad. Yeah. Like it's so funny, right? We preach, like I always tell our kids that like we preach, like we want to win, we want to do great, but results don't matter. And then when they come out, you're like, what the heck? Like, this is not okay. Um, So I know we've been trying really hard and I don't know if you have any tips or things that you can think of, but I know we've been trying really hard to kind of, how do you control the message? Right. And that message of there's going to be conflict and there's going to be moments where we have to show resiliency and keep pushing and, and accept the fact that it's not always going to be perfect, but then continue to push forward and continue to be better. And how do we, how do we come out of this? Because the last thing I want to is for my kids to feel this like moment of despair, like no matter how hard we work the week of something's going to go wrong. Right. And that, I, I think that's been a really hard balance for me and how to, how to articulate that to parents too. Well, and it's, it's only further exacerbated by the fact that we, we do all varsity events because that's, that's all we have access to in the, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, we don't really have any other options locally that are, that make any sense. So, um, it's exacerbated by the fact that the score sheet changed this year as well. And so now it's like, I don't even understand cheerleading. Like <laughs> I'm looking at score sheets going, I'm, I'm confused because right. what I'm seeing doesn't line up with the scores I'm seeing when I right. look at my competitors, when I look at my routine and it, so it's even it further exacerbated by that situation where I'm like now getting more frustrated. But I, I actually, I agree with you. And oftentimes we talk about that, right? Like the performance 
what matters is not what the judges say. What matters is us doing our best, and that's what we need to take away from it. But at the same time, being a competitive program, I have actually decided to embrace my frustration with where we're at and my dis- dissatisfaction with where we're at and call extra practices and push harder and do what I would have done two and a half years ago before COVID happened. Cause that's what I right. would have done. I would have doubled right. down. I would have been more intense and demanded that commitment and led from the front. And I think part of it is we also all went through that same worlds right. being canceled, summit being canceled, whatever your end of season events, your season just ending unabruptly or abruptly with no climax. And I think we all also kind of have metered our level of investment yeah. at, at, and have kind of approached it differently. And I've actually seen a modification in my athlete's attitude by, by me changing mine and, and being more like, no, this, this matters, you guys. Yep. Man, I think that brings up such a good point. And that's something that I know I've been thinking a lot about too. And so maybe we can brainstorm for all of our listeners out there. What are the things you're doing to help your coaches motivate those kids, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that's such a big piece of it, right? I always talk about like, our athletes are only gonna give us what we give to them. Yep. And isn't that so true? Like, I think that sometimes I'm trying to manage my own expectations and making my own excuses, right? Like as a coach or as an owner, like, oh, well, we had all this happen this week. So if the routines aren't perfect, that's life. Instead of, no, we all need to step up and understand and know you know, that things are going to happen. I know for me, one of the big strategies we've started. So if you're out there, grab a pen and paper, start jotting this down and thinking we have, and I think we'll continue to do this moving past this year, because honestly, who knows what's next, right? We don't know hundred percent, you know, what the next thing is that's going to cause a disruption like this in our business. For us, we have an entire group of kids that are not stunting in the routine, right? On every team that that stunt doesn't actually go up. Like they're extras per se, whether they're front Mm -hmm. spots or whatever. And they are stunting and learning that stunt sequence and doing it in all the same reps. Every time we're running the routine, that way the morning of those kind of things, we have people available, right? Somebody that knows that routine and somebody that can step in and do those pieces like maybe they're a front spot somewhere or they're you know standing behind a stunt because they're not touching a stunt and now they're basing that you know they're maining and if we have a main out they can step in and be that main right you know we found that's keeping kids motivated a little more feeling like they they're doing something that's one of the things i think and this is off on a tangent i guess but the score sheet has done a disservice to us right not requiring Back in the day, I'm sure you can remember this, Dan, and anyone that's been around for a while listening can remember this. Back in the day, everybody on your team had to do everything. 12 people was three groups. Yeah, everybody had to set. Like, you didn't get to be a nugget. What the heck was that? You needed to hold a foot, right? And so because we did that, and because I understand it, like I do, right? But because we did that, it creates these kids on the team that aren't as vested, I feel like, right? Because they don't do everything. And we're not creating this progress and this growth that kids and parents and everyone's excited about for retention. So trying to find, you know, ways that we can keep those other kids motivated and then give us options for when things go wrong. I know that's something we've really been working on in our gym to try to help those things. 
Yeah. I, I, we don't actually do that uh, exact same thing. Although I think it's, uh, that's an important like tip uh, and <clears throat> can work. Absolutely. Um, we, I don't, we don't have that ability on most of our teams, although we do have extras yeah. and we have plugged people in and, and done that kind of next, next athlete up mentality. Yeah. Um, one of the things as we were talking about kind of, setting expectations and the idea of, you know, just being happy to be out there. And, and I think that's really good. And I actually even talked to my, you know, it was only one of my teams competed last weekend. My world's team didn't compete. And so I was just with my level fours and I was talking to them about their scores on day one. And, and I was talking to them about the things that they control. Right. And for me, I, I always take the approach like I I'm a big believer like you were talking about how do you motivate those coaches I always tell my coaches I ascribe to the Jocko Willink approach of like extreme ownership there's no bad teams there's only bad leaders and yeah. uh, so it it does fall to us as coaches but so I'm more than willing to say look I own all these things I told them your routine composition score is bad and that's that's my fault. That's I'm, I yeah. made your routine um, and I have patched things up and I now have people crossing center and doing things I know are just wrong. Uh, right. But I wasn't paying attention to them because in the moment I was just like, I, I need you over here right now because right. this person quit or that thing happened. Um, so owning that, but also telling them, look, it's Saturday right now and tomorrow on Sunday, no matter how you perform today, I'm going to be proud of you for taking the mat and doing what you did. I'm going to be proud of you. But right now we're in a fight to try and win this competition. And so my pride of who you are and you rise into this occasion is going to have to wait a minute. And I'm going to have to be proud of you for not only just getting out there, but also being the amazing athletes you are. Um, And again, doubling down on my investment the day after I went through their video and I recorded me highlighting people and you know like you and I used to do for each other for those who don't know we would send each other routines and then we'd do video feedback and like highlight people and then send it we'd make our teams watch it and I posted it in their band and I said you must watch this before practice on Tuesday and then we're going to debrief it um because we don't have time to watch it during practice we got stuff to do um Mm -hmm. and by me changing that approach and like investing that I've already seen a change in the kids behavior now being more invested because right. I am. Cause they feel like you're giving them right. It's hard to know that somebody's giving you a hundred percent and not give them a hundred percent. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And- I think that's a, I think that's a really valid point. And I think that like you were kind of saying earlier, we all did it too. Like, I'm not going to lie when COVID hit and all hell went like, for a hot minute, oh, I probably shouldn't have said hell on a podcast. Sorry. You're okay. For a hot minute, I really kind of enjoyed that downtime, right? Aside from being worried like, okay, how long is this going to happen and how long can the business make it not being closed and all those things that you start thinking. Yep. For a minute, there was a moment of like, wow, this is what it feels like to not own a gym, right? To not be that person that's yeah. having to run in a thousand directions. Um. And it did take a little while. And I still find myself, even to this day, struggling a little bit with 
getting back in the schedule and the routine of how I do things and making sure I'm balancing it all. So I totally get that. And I can see where our kids are coming from that standpoint, right? And remembering that by the day, I mean, I don't know how it is where you are there in Oregon, Dan, but we're having kids excluded from school by the day, right? So they'll go to school for three days, they'll be out for 10. They go to school, Washoe County, where we're at still hasn't changed to the CDC guidelines. They're still observing 10 days out of school. So these kids are missing two, three, you know, weeks of school at a time, every time they're exposed. Yeah, we're not like that. Yes, it's crazy. So these kids just have no real schedule. Like I was talking to my, um, I have an extra small code six this year, and we were talking the other day, and 10 of them were excluded from school at that point because they had been potentially exposed. Like, well, can Mm -hmm. we just practice during the day? Because none of us are going to school. I'm like, what the, no wonder these kids are struggling. Right. Right. They have no routine. They have no anything. So that was one of the things um, at camp this year. So again, a lot of the listeners don't know, but Shelly, you come to camp um, and at camp, we do uh, a thing we it's, it is campfire, but we call it campfire. And in that there is some group sharing and you talk about, positive things, but you also talk about struggles. And this year it was like so many kids on my world's team, my open six. So these are some of these kids are not kids. They're 19 and 20 years old. And they were taught almost all of them were talking about when COVID hit and going to virtual learning and going to, we went, we implemented no grades don't matter. Um, And, and and it was that they were like, it just nothing. I, it didn't matter. I I didn't have to try. And so what was the point? And Mm -hmm. they, you heard these kids and young adults talking about like, I just wanted discipline. I wanted structure and without it, I was lost. And we have the opportunity to provide that. And I think that that's one of the big things in surviving 2022 and surviving all-star right now, you may be tempted to be like, well, they've been through so much, so I'm going to be super understanding. And I think you have to really, you have to be really cautious with that. Like, yes, you need Mm -hmm. to be understanding. Like if you think that you can still run a program with a rule of if you miss a competition, you miss a practice within two weeks of competition, you don't get to compete you are so lucky if you can actually execute that. Because if I did that, I would have had yeah. 25 kids out last event. Yep. Because with a five-day quarantine, I'm like, I'm literally counting down days. I got a text today from a kid. Hey, I just tested positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll see you on Sunday. Yep. <laughs> like You tested positive yesterday, five days, Sunday. Boom, let's go. Um, yep. it, so you have to like, you may have to let those things go. But expecting kids 100% effort, giving them outside workouts and outside homework and things to challenge them is so helpful for them because they they need it. They want it. They crave it. Yeah. I think a really great quote that goes with this, and I think this is like you're talking about, how do we survive all-star in this time, right? And I think that it's just so easy to cop out of it, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, this is just the way the season's going to be. And this is just what it is. And I think, you know, holding those kids to that piece and really having that in place. I love the quote, um, what is it? 
refuse to lower your standards to accommodate to those who refuse to raise theirs. Right. Yep. And so we've yep. started really within our teams, just trying to hold each other more accountable. Like, I don't care what you're, what's happening, you know, right here, right now, we're focused on this and we're going to together be better. And I think giving just the kids, like you're talking about a goal and something to work towards and you know, it doesn't need to be some insane goal. Maybe it's just today during practice, we're going to hit our elites every time we put them up. Right. And giving them some consistency and just feeling a feeling of consistency in a time that there is none. Right. Right. And then I think also just knowing that like, I think so much goes for that. Like for all intents and purposes, my senior co-ed three that had eight kids out this last weekend should have been a disaster on the floor. Right. They hit zero both days. We didn't score great because you know what it looks like when you have eight people standing across the back of the floor doing part of the routine. Not so great. But what they learned at that moment is I'm going to fight for you. So they gave everything to fight for me. Right. Like we're going to make each other proud. And I think that's just such a great life lesson for these kids and things Mm -hmm. as we go forward. And I think that's that's like one of the keys, right, to surviving this moment right now in All-Star, especially this moment, because like I said, this season is so much harder and this moment is harder than I've ever experienced. Yes. Um, you know, that is the key, right? Focusing on the not quitting, mm-hmm. not giving up, um, and having that resilience and that perseverance is the key, but also like giving yourself permission to celebrate the wins that exist. For sure. Um, so Dan, being a competitive program, I have a question for you because this is something I've been teetering on for the last few days. Being a pretty competitive program, right? Our parents are used to winning, right? And whatever level that is, whether it's we're winning at a small local event or we're winning at a regional event or whatever that is, you know, all of these bumps are creating things like, like we're talking about my senior co-ed three usually does pretty good, right? They didn't, they didn't win this last weekend and that's okay. They shouldn't have won. It wasn't, you know, as good as we could be. And that's all right. But how are you dealing with parents in that? How are your parents handling that stuff? So, uh, so far pretty well. Um, we don't, we don't always win. Uh, we like to win, but I'll use, I'll use my senior four as an example. I talk about them a lot because I coach them, but they are, they got second at D2 Summit last year. They have one cheer sport. They tend to get paid bids to Summit. They tend to be a, a pretty strong force uh, in the medium yeah. all-girl four division. Um, and, and they lost this last weekend to a team of 12 um, mm-hmm. with not as much skill or talent as them. Mm-hmm. And that could have been a moment that you, some people would expect parents to be mad our parents by I, I deal with that by saying these are our next steps. And so some of the things I do preventatively and I've done them for years, I do score sheet reviews after every competition. I, I do it as a video. Now I used to do it as like a written document, but that was actually too much work. So I have a spreadsheet that I input every team scores in, and then I throw them into a PowerPoint deck, like a Google slides deck. And then, I go live in band and I go through them and I go, so day one, we scored this with an overall score of this. Day two, this with an overall score of this. Uh, These are the problems. 
Uh, these are the areas where we left a lot of points on the table. I actually have a column that does that math. So it shows how many yeah. points were remaining. And I say, you can see, you know, we left eight tenths on the board here and seven tenths there. So that's going to be the focus moving forward. We're going to be really drilling execution. We're going to be really drilling technique or we're going to be for my level four team. We're going to be working on the bottom half of the score sheet. We lost it there. So we're going to be having an extra practice to fix our formations and do those things. And I think that just by, by leading for your parents and including them in the information staves off a lot of those issues of what well, we didn't win. Cause they, what they want to know yeah. is they know that you didn't win. They want to know why. Yeah. What, what's the next step? They want to know why. And they want to know how we're going to win in the future. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it's such a good point of like, thinking about that i i can't tell you the number of times we've done score sheet reviews forever too i swear by them right the other reason i love that is and i'm sure you hit on this a little bit too when we're talking about technique and execution and you kind of talked about it earlier i'll do um video reviews using coach's eye and i'll mm -hmm. highlight like 99 percent of the time i know who it is because it's that kid that i've said 40 times i've told them you have to get your legs together in your back handspring right but then when it says on the score sheet on the left side, our legs are apart and our back handsprings. And now you have the video and you're like, I'm not really sure who this is, but you circle it while you're doing that video review. You know, we post those as well in our band yep. where kids can see it, parents can see it, everyone sees it. And we talk about the score sheet review and where did we lose those points and what do we need to work on? I feel like it makes it like you're talking about, it's preemptive, right? So now next week going into practice, when we start talking about, well, we have more tumblers than we need, and we're going to take a few tumblers out, they understand, yep. right? Well, why are we taking those athletes out? Well, because the score sheet says our legs are apart. And I circled you. I didn't say it was your kid, but you know where your kid is on the floor. And I right. circled her and said, whoever this is, your legs need to get together. So I think it kind of saves some of that, right? So parents 100%. don't, yeah, they feel a little more educated and a little more like, like what parents going to argue with? Well, I want us to get a bad score because her technique's bad in there. <laughs> I mean, there I've will met always one be or one. two. Yeah, there will always be one. Who are we kidding? But you know what I'm saying. Like the the vast majority can understand a little bit better when we educate our parents. And you're I just a hair more passive aggressive than I am because I'll just be like, "That's Susie," right? Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll say their name on the band. Uh, and if I can't tell who it is, I'll be like, I'm not sure who this is. I, I, I can't tell. Um, but if I know who it is, I'm like, hey, this person, you're late. But I also, never know who it is on mine. Even also, though I, do. I, I mean, I like what you're saying, right? And and I, it does help. And we're going down a rabbit trail of like handling parents stuff. But all of this is surviving all-star right now um, sure. and surviving all-star sure. in general. Um, I don't have a lot of parent issues. Every once in a while, I'll have a phone call with a mom who wants to understand things. But for the most part, because I preemptively put information out there, then they know because I say in the in the video, hey, we're going to be taking some people out or hey, we're going to be changing this section because we're doing more than we need to and it's not helping us. It's only hurting us. So we're going to take some people out who aren't executing as well. So then when their kid comes home and says, I got taken out of this sequence, they go, well, you must not have been doing it well because that's why yeah, Dan said you were going to do it. Yep. It's not a shock. I think that's the most important part for sure. Dan, if you think about like back to your days, like I was I think about this all the time back to like the early days, if you could tell someone like the number, like 
what is your number one tip for surviving all-star? And I think even like when I think back to it, like even in my early, early days, it really, it feels so different right now. Right. But I don't think it's really changed that much. I think the Mm-mm. perception of everything has changed, right? Like how we perceive, like you're talking about, we feel like we can't, Oh, we got to tiptoe around the kids. Cause they've had a really rough time, but I think you're right. I think those kids want, they want structure. They want that like thriving. We had the hardest practice we've had all year with my extra small code the other day because mm-hmm. we can't and I can't be the only one. And if I am, dang, we can't hit a routine when it really matters right now. And it's because we are just not in good enough shape because yeah. every time we turn around, we have people out, right? So we're not running consistent full outs. So we started playing a game. So jot this one down, guys. If you need some good mental toughness training for your kids, we were playing add-on, right? Yep. Which I'm sure everyone's done at some point. We did the first section of our routine until they hit it zero, added the next section, you know, went back, added the pieces every time and they had to do it over and over until they hit zero. I think by the time we got to the end of our routine, they had ran the opening and the standing tumbling 17 times. Brutal. Like we were working, right? Um, but what's so funny is at the end of that practice where I'm thinking these kids should just feel dead, they were like, maybe we should do it one more time because they're pumped and they're yep. excited and it's getting better and they're feeling better, right? And I think that that's such a big, like, forgetting. I think we've we stepped back. We thought we need to wear these kid gloves. And these kids are, they want to be pushed too. Absolutely. That's that's why they're there. Like, yeah. kids don't do all-star cheerleading to not get put. I mean, well, yeah. some do. But some do. the majority of kids don't do it because they want to just hang out. I mean, it, there are some. They tend to be on, like, a senior two. Uh, calling a spade a spade. Um, senior two. Yeah, the seventeen-year-old on a scene or two. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not, not the ten-year-old, the twelve-year-old, the ten, eleven-year-old. Yeah, um, yeah, it's that it's that seventeen-year-old that's been on scene or two for five years, right? They're there because they just like it. Um, they're the level two lifer. We all got them. Yeah, they're not mm-hmm. looking to push, but for the most part, those kids want it, and I, I totally agree. I totally agree, and I don't think. And I'm not advocating being mean to kids. I'm not anything no, like no, that because no, no. I know I know how you run things and I know how I run things, but not everyone does. You know, right. I am right. I am that coach, and I know you are too. Um, I have a world's program, and you do as well. And I'm the coach who, if I had a kid, and I have kids who cheer at just like you at Trinity yeah. Valley at Weber at amazing colleges. It, I have kids who are on Team USA this year. If we got to Worlds and one of my my kid who's on Team USA said, hey, coach, I'm done with Team USA. Uh, do you need me? I wouldn't cut a kid out of the routine to put them in because they're better. I would never do that because a kid who who sweats and bleeds for me, they earn their spot. Um, sure. And there are that actually the kid who's on Team USA, he had that happen to him at Worlds yeah. on another team. He got there. Yeah. Paid for paid his way there, and they went. You're out. This guy from Team USA is in and has your spot. Now, was it a learning experience for him? Yeah. Would I do that? No. So, I'm not advocating that kind of approach, that kind of hardcoreness. Right. But give them discipline. Give them. Give them what you would have three years ago, yeah. or four years ago. Um, you know, give them that level of investment. And it's hard for us too because we're gun shy as well. Like losing that season hurt me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? man, 
that team that year that we missed Summit Worlds, I think we had the best teams we've had in years. And it was it was pretty hard to see those. And I know so many of us, I'm sure, you know, my um small co ed that year, we had ten seniors that year. Yep. It was our biggest turnover year ever and so many to not see so many kids get to end the way they should have. It was it was hard. Yeah. And we're all coming back from that now. It was my last year in senior large co ed. Which we were like, we were doing great. And the USASF virtual rankings, we got fourth. But like, that was the closest we were going to come to globing in that division. And we didn't get to do it. Like we didn't get to go and do it in person. And uh, that was, that was devastating. Uh, So I, I feel it. I feel that. One of the other things I think is so important in, well, there's a million things, right? In surviving 2022 and surviving All Star right now. Um, I think there's two things I would be remiss if I didn't touch on. And one is a shameless plug um, that isn't just for us, but like one is get your business life in order because I can't tell you how much less stressed I am. Like when I say this was, this is the hardest season, it's the most emotionally challenging with team, like the most stressful with coaching teams, but it's 100% not my most stressful year in business at all. Oh, girl, because that was year, year like two. Right. Like it, it's not <laughs> yeah. my most stressful year in business because, because we've learned how to run a business, because we've learned how to be profitable, because we don't cut corners with kids paying and scholarships and all those things. My bank account looks great every time I log in, right? So that not having that stress on top of it is so nice. So like yeah. getting those affairs in order, I think is a really critical step to surviving right now. Like if you're stressed about coaching your teams and you're stressed about all-star and cheerleading, and on top of that, you're stressed about how am I going to rub these two pennies together and turn them into my rent? rent. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's so much extra burden. I don't, I don't know if you agree. I don't know if that's like, oh, 100%. I think that's, I think it's so important to think about that. And we're talking about that. And I was thinking about this as you were talking about retention, right? and Mm -hmm. longevity of our kids and how we keep our business moving forward. You know, we're having a lot of discussions right now in my gym. Actually, we just had a meeting tonight with one of our teams. You know, do we have to go to Florida? Do we have to do a big end of season event? We've always done summit. We're the same. We've done summit religiously since year one, right? We went to the inaugural event. How many ever years ago that was. And, you know, Maybe that's not the right choice. And I think it's really important right now more than ever as a business and as a program that you know, what is the end goal, mm-hmm. right? Is the end goal that you stay in business and you're profitable for a long time to come to impact kids? And if that is, guys, then a trophy's not going to do that for you, right? You know, having families that can afford to be there year after year and putting more money back in the business versus somebody else's pocket is what's going to help you do that. Yep. So thinking a lot about those things. And I think so frequently, and I will, I will be the first to admit it. You know, I'm 18, 19, but admit how many years anymore, 19 years into doing this. And I still get caught up in the hype. Me right? too. There are times that I have to step back and say, 
what are you doing? Like, yep. why are you doing this? Right. And I think this is such a great pivotal moment for all of us as gym owners to say, why, why yep. are we doing this? And what is our why? And make sure that every decision we're making in our gym surrounds around that why. And that, you know, and if the, your why is to influence kids, guys, be profitable. Make sure you are running your business like a business and that you are really treating your parents like the customers that they are and your athletes like the customers that they are. And, uh, you know, just moving your business in the right direction so it's here for 10 more years to come. So when Dan and I are about to start collecting our social security checks, <laughs> being retired we can hear your stories of the last you know 20 years that you've right. been in this yeah yeah my that's such a good point and it's funny you talk about that and i'm not gonna lie i was having that i hope i'm not the only crazy person who does that that internal like argument with myself yeah. of like the business owner brain being like, Dan, it doesn't matter that your team scored a 0.7 on stunt creativity. <laughs> and the coach side of me going, shut up. It matters. You, you're going to stay up all night thinking about this and figure it out. <laughs> yep. And then I absolutely changed the routine in the warm-up room. But don't worry about that. Um, <clears throat> they hit that part, not the pyramid after. Um, <clears throat> but... So like I, I, we all have that battle, especially if you're a competitive person, especially if you love cheerleading, like it, it is an internal conflict. One of the other things I think is so important to surviving 2022 right now and surviving all-star in general is you need to think about how you're taking care of yourself. And yeah. it's talked about a little bit in our industry, but it's not talked about enough. Like, are you prioritizing your personal health and fitness? Are you prioritizing your diet? Are you prioritizing your free time? And I say your this, your, your relationship with your, yeah. your husband or your wife or your, your boyfriend or girlfriend or children, your children. Mm -hmm. are you making time for those things and making those things a priority? Because if things aren't right at home, all-star is not going to fill that void. Cheerleading is yeah. not going to fill that void. And it's so easy, so easy to neglect and just make it all about cheer or all about the, the business, you know, I, and, and in full transparency, I worked a full day at work. I coached a full night and I'm in my office doing a podcast, but tomorrow's my day off from, from work and I'll be home all day. And, but what I'm not saying, what you don't know is last night I wasn't at the gym. I was home with all three of my kids and our new puppy and I was hanging out with them. And I, so while I have my times where I'm hustling, mm -hmm. I also have my times where I've forced myself to spend time with my family. And, and yeah, I, I, when I say forced myself, that's an accurate statement. I actually mm -hmm. had to say, no, you're going to do this and force myself to do it because it was hard. I didn't, I wanted to be at the gym every day. Right. It's that learned behavior, right? Somewhere. And this is such a valid point. And take this from the old lady in the room, guys. Um, you know, my kids are all done. My youngest is 18. He graduates in a few months. My oldest is 24 now. And then I have a 20, wait, I, I don't even know how old my children are. Maybe not 24. I think she's maybe 20. 23. <laughs> 23. I think she just turned 23. 
in December. She turned yeah, 23, maybe. guys. Okay. Um, and everybody's just gone, right? And I know, and if you've ever been to a conference, unfortunately, I'm going to do really good right now and I'm not going to do this, but you've seen me cry over this yep. because for me, this is such a huge topic that business owners mm. don't talk about, right? I spent my whole children's life. I started my first gym when my oldest daughter was four. I spent my whole entire life helping other people's children and not raising my own. Yep. And it wasn't until my oldest daughter left to college that this like wave of guilt hit over me, right? Like all the things I missed and all the things I didn't do. And if you take anything from this podcast today, surviving all-star, surviving owning a gym, surviving what we're living in, guys, don't put your family second. Just don't do it. Because one day you're going to, and you just can't ever get those moments back. And, you know, I work really hard now to be able to have time to do things with my daughters and those things. But man, do I feel bad that I missed so many of those things when they were little. Or put yourself second. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is, I, I mean, the you family one, one, the family one we talk about all the time, or we, mm-hmm. I think we as next gen, we all talk about it a lot because we're all family people. Um, yeah. We're all married. We all have kids. And um, those are, we all value that. But one of the things that's so easy to neglect is you. And yeah, I'm so bad about this one. I'm still working on it. And like, do you work out? You know, I, I occasionally will post in our groups, like here I am, it's, it's five 30 and I'm in the gym working out. Like you have time, you may not like it, but there's time. And whether or not you want to go and work out all the time, but like finding that general health, go walk while you read your emails for the gym on your phone, you know, go for a walk, do, do those physical activities. Think about your diet. It's so hard as an all-star coach I mean, here I was tonight. I it was ten o'clock, and I came home and threw together a low carb quesadilla because that's all I had time for. I didn't pack a lunch. I'm behind the power curve on that. So, like, take care of yourself as much as you can, especially now, especially when there's Omicron and all the other things going around. Right, eat well, take your vitamins, drink water. Like, we we are in an industry where the attitude is eat out, drink heavily and stay up late. Yeah. Like that's, that's what we do in the all-star world. I feel like, and you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself because once that body starts breaking down or once you don't take care of, of who you are, it's, it's so it affects everything else, right? It affects your mental health and all that stuff. So I think that's a really big piece. You can't give back to kids the way you want to. If you're right. not in the best, if you're not in the right mental place, you're not in the best physical place. You just can't. So, and, and we can't you, preach all day to our kids. Right. Do you, do you think your kids listen to you when you're like, yeah. you guys, you need to eat healthy before practice. You need to be drinking your water and you're sitting there with your 20 liter Coca-Cola and your <laughs> McDonald's your Big Skittles. Mac <laughs> and your Skittles, your bag of Skittles that you're nervously eating because it's your reflex, right? Like... <laughs> That's always yep. the worst. You buy candy for kids like as a reward and then you eat the whole thing. And, and <laughs> the minis yep. are like, wait, 
I thought we got starbursts. You're like, uh, you're like, yeah. And I get one every time you drop. Yeah. And then the bag, <laughs> and the bag's gone. And you're like, dang it, no. <laughs> you For know, and sure. that's that's another one. I, gosh, we could go all night. You see, you were I like, know. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. That's another one. Have fun at practice too. Like, totally. find those. Like you mentioned, playing add-on, and I don't know if add-on was fun, but. Like, oh, no, actually, they liked it. That's it. I'm glad you touched on that because I guess that does sound like we were like torturing the children. They enjoy it, right? They enjoy mm-hmm. the consistency. They enjoy the discipline. I think it's so important. Like you're saying, you have to know the crowd, right? Sure. Like I'm not going to play that game with my mini level two kids because they will die, right? However, mini level two, we played Cootie last week. Everyone knows what Cootie is, that little game, Cootie. We named her. Her name was Sugar, and she's pink, and she earned all her legs and all of her eyes, and she came to the competition and sat in front of the floor. That's the life we're living right Right, now in the world, right? But, you know, make games. Man, we get every – I go to Target all the time, and we get every dang little $5 game that's there, and we make cheerleading games out of that puppy. Cootie, you had to earn their head and their body and then all of their little legs and eyes and everything, and you rolled the dice. Each stunt group had their own. They rolled the dice and whatever the dice was, was what the team had to do. And if their stunt group hit it, then they earned the part for their cootie, right? Yep. Until they had their cootie and then they got to name it and just all the cute, just think of the little things that can be fun. I know we have a packet. If you don't know, um, we, Dan and I do something called the All-Star Academy with Next Gen. And each month we do like a packet. That's all the information to run, you know, a successful All-Star program. We talk budgeting. We talk parent meetings, we talk communication, like we talk everything. But one of the fun ones we kind of did was activities and games. And mm-hmm. it lists so many of the games that we play. Like we just find every game out there and play them, and make game, them fun. Games are so fun. And they're oftentimes they get kind of a bad rap in the all-star yeah. cheerleading because you think of back in the day when it used to just be like, I don't know what else to do with these minis. So we're going to play Duck, Duck, Goose. Yeah. But we're talking games that like get the kids better. And yeah. You know, those coaches that are like, oh, why you can't play games? There's more important things to do. Okay, look, yes, I know that I would be much healthier if I ate plain oatmeal in the morning and, (laughs) you know, yams, boiled yams and yeah, broccoli and chicken with no seasoning. Like, I understand that those things are better for me, but they're not any fun. And so <laughs> you can only do the things that are not any fun so long. We like only drill that motion sequence. So right. Many times. So many times yeah. it may need it, but like find a fun way to do it. And I'm a big, most of my games all have like a, I'm a big like consequence and reward person. So like if you do it right, you get some sort of a reward. And if you do it wrong, there's like a consequence, a conditioning or doing it again or something else where it's like, it creates that stress. And for me, I developed it because I would dream couldn't hit for the life of them. This was years ago. Couldn't hit for the life of them when it mattered, when they needed to, when there was something on the line, they were a train wreck. And it was like, okay, we got to get them ready for this. So we just started making it matter a lot and them have motivation or stress induced outside induced stress. Are you a reader, Dan? There's a phenomenal book called The Talent Code that talks all about that. It talks about performing under pressure. And if you're a coach, you should totally read that book because it's so good. Honest, total side note. But keep talking about stress. (laughs) But yeah, so like just, I'm just saying, make things fun. And I've talked about this in some of my classes, but when you do the math, if you're an all-star cheer coach, when you do the math, 
your kids spend around one to 4% of their time competing in a given season, one to 4% of their time is at competition. Mm-hmm. That means that 96% to 99%, depending on how many competitions and two days and all that stuff it is, 99% of their time is spent in your gym practicing. Yeah. So if it's all about the competition, it's going to get stale really fast or it's going to be hard to have that. I mean, we don't live in a world where delayed gratification is really a thing. Nope. Uh, so yeah. if they're like, wait, I have to suffer all year for that. Yep. Yep. Um, it, it's a little bit of a, it's a harder sell. It loses its luster, right? And that's where you get the kids that quit during the summer and come back in like November. Yeah. Cause they, they still want to do it, but they don't, they don't want to do all that other stuff. So those are just some things I think that would, are great and will help you survive all-star this season. Dan, I'm going to give one tip to all the coaches out here listening to this consequence reward fun thing. A little funny story as we're wrapping up here. Be careful with those consequences and rewards and don't ever challenge your team for something you're not ready. For anybody that knows or has ever met my husband or if you ever see it as competition, you can meet him along the way. You know, he's the macho guy that thinks he can do anything. So um, he had like given the team this challenge to hit all these sections on their bingo card zero, right? And this was the same kind of thing. It was a senior two team that, you know, we senior two, it can be that hit or miss and they just weren't consistent. And he was like, if you hit all these sections tonight with zero, you can make a list of conditioning for me. Yeah, guess who hit everything zero? Guess who spent... 20 minutes doing conditioning that the team thought was fair because it's what coach tom would have given them and threw up when he was done that is so, so, so amazing <laughs> so you can give him you can give him crap the next time you see him about that i actually i actually give a similar tip but on the the other side of make sure that you never give a consequence that you're not ready to enforce because i've i definitely had a moment <laughs> where I was super annoyed and I did the like every stunt that drops in this full out is a floor of bear crawls. And this was with a large co-ed team and they had 18 <laughs> drops, <laughs> 18 <laughs> drops. And I was like, I just like my entire practice will be gone with bear crawls if I follow through on this. And I'm a horrible person if I make them do 18 force bear crawls. You know, those funny stories back, you know, we talk about those. One time we had midnight or well, it was Gemini then. It was our international five um, back in the day when it was still five. Our international code five. And same thing. Like in our old building, we used to be able to run around the building, right? So yep. I'd get frustrated. I'd be like, guys, just go run. Go run. Go run the international team all the time. Well, Take a lap and yeah. think about it. Uh-huh, exactly. With the clap and all. One night I send them, I'm like, guys, no. Go run until, go. Just go run, okay? They go outside, now run. Now, mind you, it's an international team. So you know what that means, right? I have some coaches on this team. This team is running, oh, for about five, ten minutes. I finally open the door and I'm like, get in here. It is pouring. And when I talk pouring, I'm talking like Oregon torrential downpour rain as these kids circle the corner and they are soaked head to toe. And I was like, oh my Lord. I was like, you guys get in the building. I'm like, 
what are you doing? They're like, you were really mad. We didn't want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the moments where you're like, I am a terrible person. I am a terrible person. Yeah, we wrapped up and went home because we were so wet. We couldn't do anything the rest of practice. So, you know, always think about the little, the little things we don't think about. And just remember, guys, no matter what you're doing, you're an awesome coach <laughs> because there's always crazier things that happen. Yes. We've all made those mistakes. Well, uh, it was so bad. I felt so terrible. This little chat, we weren't sure if we were going to have enough to talk about has now gone for, for 55 <laughs> minutes. Um, <laughs> any, do you have any last parting advice, uh, in relation to our, you know, surviving all-star and surviving yeah. all-star, especially in 2022? You know, guys, I think the only last thing I can say is just communicate, 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 right? The more you communicate with your kids, the more you communicate with your parents, your staff, everybody, be real. People know we're all in this together. Like everybody knows what's happening. Everyone knows that we can't control it, right? We can only control our reactions to it. Keep a positive environment for your kids. Try to keep your parents excited, things moving in the right direction. I think when we come out of this, they're all going to be happy. They had a place to call home. Yeah. yeah. My, my last one would be surround yourself with a community of people that you can lean on and can give you good advice. Uh, because the hardest part in all-star and, and in owning a gym and, and doing those things is sometimes you feel really, really alone. And, you know, if you're sitting there and you're like, is anyone else going through this? I've got, I just got seven text messages of kids on eight teams that are out and, oh my gosh, and I don't know, I can't deal with this. You're not alone. And if Pick you- Pick up the phone and call me or Dan, yeah, we'll cry. <laughs> and, and, or, you know, there are, obviously we have our Facebook groups and things that where people give pretty good pretty advice good. and are a little more drama free, but like, you know- yeah post, ask questions, call someone, make, have friends, have a community. I can't tell you how much it helps to have friends that you can talk to. I have local friends that I can go to. And I was commiserating with Shelly after this last weekend of competition. And, and, uh, I mean, just literally before we even started this, I sent Dan some videos. I'm like, Hey, here's two videos I took tonight for our virtual competition we're doing. Which video do you think is best? Man, just having those people around you, right? Great people around you makes such a difference. Yeah. Just just surround yourself with with good and positive like-minded people who are going to lift you up and encourage you and be For honest sure. and tell you, "Hey, that's I wouldn't do that. That's a that's a bad idea." Yeah. But who are also going to have your back. So, I think that sure. having a community, having a village behind you makes a big difference too. Um, all right, everyone. Well, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. We've actually had, I would argue, a blast recording it. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a listener to the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. And we will see you next week on our next episode. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Next Generation Connecting People and Profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business.